welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, the official podcast of hardcore bowhunters. From the latest archery equipment and expert shooting advice to proven bowhunting tactics and the sport's biggest personalities, we've got you covered. Now, here's your host, Editor Christian Berg. All right, welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and today is going to be a very tasty show. It is deer season, either right now or depending when you where you live, uh, just around the corner, and it's a perfect time to be talking about taking all of that success that we have out in the field and bringing it from there to the dinner table and along uh, those lines and to that end I've got a great guest today that's Allie Doran she's a food blogger uh, she goes by the uh, the name Miss Allie's Kitchen and a fellow Pennsylvanian and also a uh, a true connoisseur of venison so Allie welcome to the show thank you so much Christian I'm really excited to be here um, it, it's a big time of year, and we're ready to get back in the kitchen. So Absolutely. You, you know, I love situations like this where you and I actually don't live very far away from each other, and oh. we we had no idea uh, that we existed, right? And, and yeah. through, a, through a common friend, um, just, just made that connection, and then um, really, really good timing because you have a brand new cookbook that sure do (laughs) just came out the first of september and it is appropriately titled venison every day which sounds really good to me and probably to a lot of our (laughs) listeners yes yes oh yeah i'm really excited it's the cookbook has been a total labor of love like you said it's titled venison every day the purpose of it really is to modernize simplify cooking with venison but use it Every day in multiple meals, not just dinner, not just heavy comfort foods. Let's do appetizers, breakfasts, snacks, um, you know, salads, soups, and let's get creative with it. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as we were talking a little bit before the show, I was saying how, of course, you know, here you and I both being in Pennsylvania or, you know, anywhere in the eastern half of the country, we're always thinking whitetails in terms of venison. But right now, you know, out west, I'm getting ready to head to Montana. I was telling you how a lot of my friends are making me super jealous because they're killing mule deer (laughs) and elk and other things out there. And so, you know, it's not just whitetails. Venison can kind to be a catch-all term for you know whether it's moose or elk or or deer and so right. you know and, and there's a lot of that meat coming into people's freezers right now and you know I think for even for somebody like me or people who are watching the show who have been hunters for a long time we you know we all have I guess favorite ways that we like to prepare venison yeah but it's easy to get stuck in a rut too you know because you have those totally. maybe handful of go-to's and so, you know, to have a little bit more variety, which I'm sure, you know, you'll be great at helping us out with that. And, you know, why don't you start by talking about how you came to venison? Because I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, obviously, I see your beautiful baby there, right? That's Madison. Yeah, and, little Madison. And, <laughs> and con- congratulations. That's your first, you. right? Yes, it is. And how old is she? She's two months old. (laughs) Two months old, and she's hanging out, and she's being extremely uh, well-behaved and cooperative (laughs) for the podcast. But but you were kind of telling me that, 
you you're originally from like the Philadelphia area and yeah. you know you've always enjoyed the outdoors but not a big hunter and so you ended up meeting uh, who's now your husband and and he's big into hunting and so you came to venison you know really relatively recently in your life and yet it's something that you've totally taken to and now actually gotten to the point where you've incorporated that with all that foodie stuff that you were doing anyway and and having right. your own cookbook so like it's amazing yes yeah so that that is how I got started like you said I am from the Philadelphia area I lived in the south for a very long time and when I met my husband Jared I located up uh kind of, I guess, northwest to where you and I are now. Um, it's a little bit more of a rural area than I grew up in. We've got a lot of hunters around here, but my husband is, I mean, like a lot of people and a lot of people in our outdoor communities, so passionate, kind of takes it to another level. Um, he, I mean, we can pretty much count on a harvest for him, from him every year, which is great. Um, but I found myself with this huge, huge supply of venison in my freezer a, when we were first got together, we first got married, you know, budget was a real thing. So I was trying to save money at the grocery store as much as I could and meat and we buy high quality meat. Um, meat's expensive. So I was like, okay, we have all this grass fed protein in the freezer. And also, you know, respect your harvest. If you're going to harvest, eat it. So we kind of got to the drawing board. I really liked the taste a few times when he had prepared just kind of like a leg steak. Um, he cooked it nice and rare. I think two times that we had had it, we were camping. It was over like a, you know, cast iron over an open flame. So it was really, really tasty, tons of flavor. But I remember specifically, I tried to make something with like venison chopped medallions and it was terrible. I overcooked the meat. It was dry, rubbery. It had that, some people call it gamey, uh, it's an interesting term, but it's just that really strong forward flavor. It's just different than beef. And I was someone that grew up eating a lot of beef and chicken and, and fish, love fish. But, um, so I just really wanted to get to the bottom of it. So I did a lot of research. I tested a ton of recipes. I am a recipe developer and food photographer by trade. So I had a little bit of a leg up and I started sharing some of my easier recipes with my community via my food blog, Miss Allie's Kitchen, and they just started blowing up. And what I found was I call myself, I guess, an accidental hunter's wife, um, you know, not really something I thought I would ever be getting into. Um, I absolutely love it now. I love my husband. I love hunting season. It's like just as fun for me because I know we're going to fill the freezer. It's exciting. Um, and I found there were so many other women like myself coming to me saying, oh my gosh, thank you. I don't like these recipes that, you know, my husband's great grandmother handed down. I don't know what the ingredients are. They're not healthy. Um, I get tired of the meals I make. I don't, any meal I make, it doesn't taste good. So I just, the laundry list went on and on. And a lot of people expressed frustration with hunting season because they felt like a significant other was gone because it is, it's, it's time consuming and it's a year round passion. So it's just a different way to look at, you know, being with a partner who is a sportsman um, or sportswoman and, you know, working with the harvest kind of gives you like a whole new appreciation for what they're doing. So that was kind of my intro to venison cooking and how I started doing what I do. I'm now getting into last year. We have um, some uh, 
Pennsylvania black bear in the freezer. And I've been kind of dibbling, dibble dabbling with that. My dad is on his way back from South Dakota right now with some pheasant for me. So, you know, I'm branching out a little bit, um, but my bread and butter really is like easy comfort food, a little bit healthier and updated venison meals. So, yeah. 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 And I think it's great because, you know, you're coming, you already had an established following in the Mm -hmm. food, in the food world. And, you know, some of those people I'm sure were hunters or part of hunters' families, but I'm going to yeah. say probably the vast majority were not. We're not. So you're bringing in, you know, a whole new audience, you know, and exposing them to venison, which actually was it made me think of one thing. So, so do you get a whole bunch of people who maybe have followed you because of things that you've done in the past? And then as you started to get into this venison, you probably had a bunch of people reach out and be like, well, I really want to try some of this, but you know, nobody in my family hunts. Um, how do I get some venison? You know, can I go out and buy venison? Uh, you know, what kind of reaction did you get along those lines? I do. I do. And I, you know, I hate it because I, my short answer is, well, start hunting or <laughs> find a family member that does. Um, I do get a lot of that. I get a lot of people um, that, you know, are bummed out because either like they had a significant other or a family member growing up that used to hunt, but they don't anymore. And they're like, oh, you really make me miss it. Um, I get a lot of that. And it's really interesting. I thought I might get some pushback when I kind of flipped niches. I was a little bit nervous to kind of come out and be like, hey, we don't buy red meat. We eat it. You know, we eat what we have on hand. Um, But the response was overwhelmingly positive. And actually, in the first year I focused on venison, my my brand as a whole grew 800%. So it was really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. I had a pretty sizable audience, but, um, I I just really kind of found my people, um, and people like me and people that were interested in the outdoors and just like kind of getting back to your roots and getting creative. It was, it was really cool. Well, well, so let's dive in and talk about, you know, cooking with venison and get into some of the Mm -hmm. nitty gritty. And I guess, you know, as somebody who's hunted for a long time, but I'm certainly not a, a professional chef or a cookbook author, I know for me, you know, and I'm a bit interesting too, because I didn't grow up in a hunting family either. You know, you mentioned okay. you were from uh, the Philadelphia area. I grew up in Rhode Island and southern Ooh. southern New England is pretty built up. Of course, Rhode yeah. Island, uh, big on seafood, and I uh, was a fisherman uh, growing up, uh, but not a hunter. And actually, it wasn't until after I uh, went to college down here in Pennsylvania and ended oh. up getting getting into hunting down here and eventually <laughs> transitioned you know, into a career in the outdoor industry. But one thing that it took me a while to figure out, and I would say it's probably like the number one piece of advice that I would give... Uh, and I'll throw this at you and then I'll let you take us wherever you want to go. It's the biggest mistake you make with venison is you want to overcook it because you're going to cook it like you'd put, cook some beef or pork. And that's just not really where you want to go with venison. So that would be like where I would start if I was going to talk to somebody about cooking venison. And so you can either agree, disagree, but have, you know, take us away. 100% agree. So I do have, and it's actually in like a free downloadable form on my website. I have like five cooking tips and tricks. And that is like one of my pillars. 
you the the thing I'd say is you cannot cook venison like you cook beef, and I think that's what a lot of people get into, and that's where they're met with something that they're not familiar with. So a lot of times they will just take like a beef, I don't even know, like hamburger or chili or recipe and they will use venison. And sometimes it turns out okay, but sometimes it's really different, especially if you're working with like a steak um, or, you know, a large um, tenderloin or something like that. You just want to do a couple things a little bit differently. And like you said, it's don't cook it, overcook it. So you really, when you're cooking like a steak, a tenderloin, like a piece of meat that you're making that is not ground, you don't want to go over. I tend to pull my meat at 125 degrees internally. Um, so you use like a digital read thermometer and then it'll come up to about 130. So it's going to be that like perfect medium rare. You really don't want to go over medium rare. And my husband, when I first met him was a guy that would order a steak medium in a restaurant. I will eat my meat like you want to slap it on the table and it's still <laughs> bleeding or whatever, I will eat it. But he was a medium guy. And I was like, no, we really need to switch, especially with venison. You have to eat medium rare or rare. Rare plus is how I prefer mine. Um, so it's kind of just past that like blue center. Yeah, um, I, I think I think it's interesting because what I've found in my own life is because of my involvement with hunting, my preference for my meat has yeah. gone in that same direction where I was always a medium guy on the beef. Right. But but then I realized that you really want to eat your venison medium rare. And now I've gravitated towards doing the same thing with my beef. Like a rare plus. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah because it's just yeah, it's just it. better. You know, and the big thing with the venison, you mentioned it earlier, how you, you did some things that really like they just didn't turn out well. And it had, you know, what they call that gamey taste. And what I would say with that is, you know, because because venison's so lean and because it's you know so dense in protein when you overcook it it gets tough and it also brings out what the, i think what people call the gamey taste i think it's iron it's a little it bit of a livery taste it's it's the richness of the protein and the denseness of of you know and the the blood and the the fact that that's really lean muscle mass and i think that's what gets accentuated when you prepare it improperly um, exactly. and, and so you can avoid a lot of those things that are going to turn people off by knowing, you know, how to go about it. Yep. And that's especially true with, you know, most of you guys are harvesting mature buck and rut. And when they have higher level of hormones in the bloodstream, it's gonna, it's gonna change the flavor profile a little bit, but if you don't overcook it, it's really, really, it's going to be phenomenal. But the other thing that you can do, especially with that, like mature buck taste, um, cause you think of it like, you know, beef and veal, like veal is a little bit more of a mild flavor. Um, uh, the thing that really has made the biggest difference for me is using a lot of acid in my cooking. So vinegars, red wine vinegar and apple cider vinegar and, um, lemon and lime. They're my favorite. And you'll find that in my cookbook. I actually have it back here. Um, almost every recipe has some form of acid in it. Like even my steak and eggs, my breakfast recipe, I do like to serve it with a little bit of lemon wedge. Um, so if you want to add a little bit of brightness. So what that does is it kind of does cut through that iron-like flavor a little bit. And it just brings it out and it makes it more pleasing. Um, and like you said, venison is extremely lean. It's great. My husband and I are really big. Uh, we're really into fitness. We love to be active. So lean protein is great for us. But you do need to add some sort of some sort of fat. So you know when you're grinding your meat, you need to add. I know a lot of people do like bacon fat. 
Um, you just need some sort of fat in there because it's very lean. And in all of my marinades um, and recipes like that, I do marinate in something with acid and fat. I love olive oil. It's easy. Um, I am not afraid of butter. So actually when I make uh, venison and elk burgers, I grate grass-fed butter into the patty. It makes it so juicy. And you're only adding like about a teaspoon to each burger. So it's really not anything like going to totally clog your arteries from one burger. Uh, but that's a really, really big tip because, you know, we're used to eating. A lot of us are used to eating a beef. And if you want that juicy mouthfeel, that's there. Um, and then my other tip is just make sure your seasoning level is good. Um, so this is just basic preparation. But I think it's things that we lose when we buy store-bought meat, especially if you buy like pre-seasoned or if you eat out a lot, you know, your food has a good amount of salt and like seasonings on it. So you want to make sure you've got enough salt and pepper. Um, so all the recipes in my book and on my website, I am one to just kind of, when I cook, I just kind of pull and grab and dash and whatever. I'm not actually a recipe follower. Um, but when I develop recipes, it's a very kind of a methodical systematic process and I measure out everything so that you know you guys are going to get a pretty consistent result with good seasoning levels so that's kind of where I start and if you follow those principles um you're going to have a pretty good meal so yeah, yeah that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm about you mentioned you know obviously there's a difference between you know an old buck and rut and and you know some younger deer and yeah. that's for sure true um you know i know a lot of guys even myself included you know there's nothing like a, a yearling doe you know for the table and you yeah. know I, there are guys that will go out yeah. and they're looking to shoot those younger deer uh, simply because it's better for eating you know and so yeah. every, everybody has a different motivation for hunting and some totally. people are more more focused with the size of the antlers and then there's the folks who say well you can't eat the antlers which of course is true um Very but true. I, but I've never found even the big bucks, like you said, if you oh. if you if you prepare them well and you you know that that's great. And is there anything you know before we dive into more of the actual recipes, just in terms of things that maybe you and your husband do? So he kills a deer, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. here locally, and he brings that home. Is there a certain thing that you do in terms of um, hanging? aging, processing that deer that you have found has really made a big difference in the quality of your table fare? So this year, hopefully, we were actually building a structure. We just moved into our first home here, and we were in an apartment space, so we did not have any space to process ourselves. Um, and actually, when he was hunting in Ohio, you have to process in state. So I haven't gotten to process at home yet. However, when I first started working with venison, our process, when he brought the deer, that was, you know, I think he ma he mainly got ground, which is something that we don't tend to even get a lot of ground anymore. And you can grind yourself if you want to. Um, but he would bring home like a big, I don't know, 15 pound bag of ground. And we would kind of just like roughly portion it out into two pound portions and stick it in a ziploc bag and it would sit in the freezer and we left you know cuts like chops and steaks wrapped in butcher paper and it just doesn't keep so now we're really methodical everything gets labeled everything gets vacuum sealed everything gets measured out i measure out all of my like neck roasts um my rump roasts i i measure out because um when you are doing roasts it's nice to know how many how much they weigh 
so you know your cook time. So we're pretty methodical with that. Um, and then everything gets measured out into one uh, one pound portions. It, it sounds really like duh, but <laughs> for some reason when we started out, I just I, I didn't do it. I wasn't used to bringing that large of an animal in. I was used to just going to the grocery store and buying a pound of meat or five pounds of meat. But you know that's how it worked. So that and it's it's more of a system and it gets stored properly and frozen properly and it will last a really long time. So you're not going to waste it either. Yeah, I think that that, that's a great point, you know, and and I think we all learn this the hard way. Um, You know, like with that burger, the best thing I've found is those little bags, you know, that you can you can take it right out of your grinder into those little bags that are, you, you know, crimp the top and seals it airtight and that burger will stay for a long time and you know as you were talking I was thinking I'm really spoiled here because I used to process all of my own deer right here in my garage but about five five years ago there's a guy who lives down the road um, named Philip Burkholder great Mennonite family and Philip built a custom butcher shop there on his farm and he started to do deer and he literally is two miles down the road and that was right around the same time that my two boys were getting into hunting so now instead of just having my deer to process my kids were killing deer and like it was getting to where I was like I got to go to work tomorrow and I don't want to like spend time and and so I was getting lazy but I was thinking even as you're talking I'm like you know what we've got to do this hunting season is like you and I should meat and we should go down to Phillips oh, one day yeah. you could get oh, like some, some gold for your food blog you know we could do you could do some video and some photography and you could show people like okay these are your different cuts right because he's going to have oh, all these yeah. deer hanging in there and man you just I don't know we definitely have to do that I don't want to get too far uh, down that awesome. rab, yeah. rabbit some trail people are so talented we've been really fortunate to work with some awesome people and last year when I was working on my cookbook uh, my father-in-law was kind enough to also give me all of his meat because I was I actually photographed my whole cookbook I wrote my whole cookbook and tested all the recipes so I was just like blowing through meat um so you know our butcher was kind enough to be I just gave them a list and I said this is what I need these are the cuts I need this is what I got left and they just yes ma'am wow (laughs) that's that's awesome so it's really nice i forget who he's using now but um and they actually do some vacuum uh sealing for you too so oh yeah i can't recommend that i mean you can't not Uh, we have one here now but um yeah yeah um, so, so it's called venison every day. So here's like a mm-hmm. stupid, stupid question for you. Is there 365 recipes in there? Cause like, do I have yeah. one for, for every day of the year? <laughs> that would be awesome. But I think I probably would have went through like eight deer. <laughs> trying to do that. There's over 50 though. There are over 50 recipes and they are all venison recipes. The last chapter is like a sides um, chapter. I just didn't want people to have to go. Like if you were making the soy glaze, venison medallions, I didn't want you to have to go. I suggested starting out with like broccoli. Didn't want you to have to go find a broccoli recipe. So my favorite broccoli's in there. Our favorite salad, couscous salad, um, a biscuit recipe, because I do have a biscuits and gravy recipe. Um, you know, just little things like that. That's the last chapter, but everything else is either using venison or a marinade or a sauce for one of the recipes. Um, but the reason it's called venison every day is I want to encourage people to just get away from like making a couple dishes with venison, like right after their harvest and being super excited, you know, you're going to make your chili, you're going to make your roast, you're going to make your 
venison stew, um, maybe a shepherd's pie. And then you're going to like kind of forget about it because I've done it. No shame. Um, but you know, there's so much you can do. And like I said, it's such a lean or, well, you don't know if it's grass fed, it could be whatever fed, but you know, wild fed protein, um, that is just so great to work with. So I wanted to have those classic recipes. I love a good roast. I love venison stew. Um, actually my venison stew recipes on my website. It's one of my most popular, but you know, in the book, we've got roast, we've got shepherd's pie. Um, we have short ribs, venison, short ribs are by my far my favorite there. That's like my favorite thing to make for like a Christmas for a holiday meal. Um, so we've got short ribs, just those like classic comfort foods. Um, the next chapter is called globally inspired mains. I think a lot of Italian cooking, Mediterranean cooking and Asian flavors work really well with venison. It's very easy to kind of like zhuzh it up. So if you're having people over that might not be a fan um, of venison, my mom doesn't eat a lot of red meat, but she likes when I cook with venison. She will eat my meatballs. She will eat whatever, usually what I'm preparing. Um, so those are kind of recipes for people who want something different. They're sick of their old recipes. They might not love the flavor, like my Asian chopped salad. It's kind of modeled after like this chopped Asian salad I used to get at Applebee's as a kid, you know, so it's stuff that you're kind of familiar with, but you wouldn't necessarily associate it with making it with venison. Um, and then my other, it's probably my favorite chapter. It's the small plates and sides. Um, so it's like appetizer ideas for entertaining. So what I really love to do is take, um, just kind of make a filet, just kind of nip the end off of one of the tenderloin and make like a little filet cook it really rare and then I shave it um caramelized onions goat cheese blue cheese and a balsamic reduction over a little crostini it's wonderful great for a party there's a lot of like I have a Mediterranean nachos I have like chorizo nachos I've got recipes for like chorizo and Italian sausage if that's your thing then we get into the breakfasts um because you know venison just isn't for dinner like we said, appetizers or snacks you can do, but you can also do breakfast. I think it's really fun to have a venison breakfast before you head out for a hunt. Kind of lucky. Um, I generally serve the guys. I like to get up and make them. Um, my husband doesn't eat eggs, but if my dad and my brother are here. It's like the uh, cheesy hash brown bake. Um, you know, we've got venison in there. Um, my husband will do, well, steak with no eggs or <laughs> he likes the sausage gravy with some biscuits. So it's, you know, kind of good luck um, if you have some left over. I know a lot of people are trying to clean out before their harvest this year. So that's why it's called venison every day. They just, I want to encourage people to use it every meal, um, every day. I don't know if you'll be able to have enough venison for every day of the year, but yeah, use it more. <laughs> well, I don't know if you could see me starting to drool while you were talking yeah. <laughs> there. I was like, I definitely am feeling hungry now and you know, so many of the things that you said sounded so delicious, but you definitely, you had me at chorizo. I was like, oh, I oh, love that. I and know. you know what we had down at camp? Uh, I was in Kentucky recently, and actually it was a deal that Realtree hosted. So it was Realtree yeah. Boat Camp 2020. And they had a guy that was there who does um, like a cooking blog on the Realtree site. Uh, awesome. His name's uh, Michael Pendley. And... Um, don't remember the name of his little blog that he does, but super great guy. He did these venison street tacos one day and they were oh. so good. And he had them like up on, um, 
like a he had a pellet grill there and I think he threw a a griddle on top of that and he was he had he had chorizo and he had I think another kind of sausage and it was so so good. So you it's actually so good. Yeah, you actually had recipes in there on how to make my own venison sausages. So not actually a cased sausage. So what I do with my Italian sausage and my chorizo, I find that most recipes that I'm making, I'm taking like when I buy it in the store, I'm taking it out of the casing. Um because I like it kind of like chunky or ground up. Um, I've got a recipe for like huevos rancheros. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that before. It's like, you know, eggs, beans, tortilla, kind of like a little stack. And then we've got chorizo in there. Um, so it is still loose formed. I just felt like for this book, sausages and like dehydrated, I do have the jerky recipe in there, but I felt like sausages and a lot of different cured meats felt like it needed its whole other book. Like it felt like it wasn't getting into venison every day because I guess I should have said a lot of the recipes are 30 minutes or less friendly. So, because I know there's a lot of busy people. Um, I have a lot of moms. Um, I'm a new mom. So I know that, you know, I'm trying to encourage people to not only cook with venison on like the weekends, I want them to be able to do it on like a Tuesday night when they're slapping stuff together and it's their go-to. Um, like it is for me now. So uh, no, not in this book. I would love to do it in the future, but my chorizo, what I recommend is when you bring in your deer, if you are someone that loves chorizo, I have, there's a seasoning and spice blend with some acids in there, mix some up and just freeze it. Or you can defrost some ground, make it, cook it. And then you can actually freeze it cooked too. So, and you can freeze it in individual portions. So if you just wanted to make yourself like I said, my husband doesn't, my husband doesn't eat eggs. So if I want huevos rancheros, I make it for myself. And then I just kind of sprinkle on the chorizo. Um, if you have it in an individual portion. So yeah, there ways sounds like you're, easy. you're already making plans for your second venison. I, cookbook. Yeah. I would love to do it. It was really fun. It was really fun. Well, yeah. um, you know, I just think, too, as I'm listening to you, and again, it's probably just because I'm getting really hungry, but I'm thinking, man, we've got to do... Well, we've got to do some more collab, though. I'm like, man, we don't yeah. live that far. I'm like, first of all, I'm going to have to set up a couple of dinner dates, and I don't expect yeah. you to cook for me the whole time. So we'll do like, um, you know, you have to cook one of your recipes, but then I have to cook one of your recipes, Sounds and then great. you guys can come over, and it can be like the whole like, well, who, you know, did I do it up to your standards kind I of like deal? I like it. Well, I'm sure you will. I they're, they're designed to be really easy, and a lot of pantry ingredients stuff people already have so well and it looks like you've got the book there behind you don't yeah, you I do. yeah so I like do. you know this is the beauty yeah. of having a video format so like yeah show yeah. us the book and Here's you know it, it's beautiful by the way and you mentioned you. like you did all the photography for this I did I did it was um that is something that I don't know that I would recommend <laughs> especially while like six months pregnant that was a little bit that was maybe an over an over step i don't i don't Just really a, know yeah, yeah yeah you bit um, off mo almost more than you could chew a little bit a little bit but you know i'm so glad i did i love food photography and i had the opportunity um my publisher you know just said if you want the contract for the photography you can have it and so i took it um well you said yeah, this is the book 
You said you're a food photographer by trade. Did you actually, uh, did you go to photography school? And how, how did you, how do you become a food photographer? <laughs> I'm completely self-taught. So I started my food blog in 2016. And really the way to grow a following with a food blog, I was another like healthy food blogger out there, you know, one of the millions. Um, and a way to stand out and really start to make an income is to learn how to take really high quality pictures. Um, so I partner with, I have clients, um, a couple of my clients are Aldi, the grocery store, Philadelphia cream cheese. Oh, um, love. So but I'm just going to, just going to cut you off and give a shout out to Aldi's because like, I, I, I love Aldi. Matter of fact, I think I again, you know, there's stuff going on here at the house as we're talking. I'm pretty sure my wife just got home with our Aldi all order. So yeah. it's really good that we're doing this because I don't have to help bring the groceries in or put anything. Ah, strategic. Strategic. Yeah, strategic. I like it. Yes, we, we love Aldi. So that is kind of a way I set myself apart in the beginning. Um, I, if you, I won't delete them. I will never delete them. But if you really want to go back on my Instagram, the older pictures, wow, are they something? I, yeah, I love, I've always loved art, but I did not have an eye for photography. It was pretty bad. Um, but I shoot all natural light, just actually out of the side of our kitchen. Um, and I, I've just kind of learned. I'm just kind of now tinkering around with how to shoot video and all that jazz. Um, definite learning curve, but that's how I started. And um, I left my, I was um, in the construction industry and I left my position. Uh, it'll be like four years ago this year, um, a year after starting my blog, because I got a position creating recipes for kind of like an all recipes dot com site and I did all the photography and the recipes for them um and I just kind of grew that way and you know when you're shooting like eight recipes a week you get pretty good at it <laughs> so now, yeah now now and is it all real because like I know people yeah, always say like is. when you go like you see uh I'm gonna give you a, a stupid example but like a Burger King commercial or yeah. something and they'll be like well you know they they like spray you know, oil on that burger and like that, that lettuce is plastic and that mustard is yellow paint or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and they, yep. they try to make this thing that looks better than reality kind of deal. Yeah. I've heard they use mashed potatoes for ice cream. That's one that I have heard. Um, no, mine is all real. The only thing I will do sometimes if I'm like shooting a bowl of fruit, I might spray a little spray water just for water droplets. But no, everything and everything in the cookbook, this is like it. Like this is, here we go. This is one of my favorites. This is, oh, sorry, Madison. Yeah, what um, is that? Meatballs. That is, no, yeah. pizza. So this is my meatballs. meatball flatbread. Um, yeah. It's a flatbread oh. with meatballs and balsamic. <laughs> got arugula. Yes. That's a little appetizer. It's great to serve when you've got like kind of a small crowd or you could do like a dinner for two. Um, and just like a nice little fresh salad on the side. But, you know, just chop it up, leave it on the counter, let people take it and that's another one. If you have like non venison fans coming over, they will still love it. I guarantee you. So unless they're vegan. <laughs> so who is your publisher and where can we get venison every day? Yes. So my publisher, Page Street Publishing, um, and then I'm also it's they're a uh, separate branch of McMillian out of New York. Um, so venison every day right now is available online, Amazon, and then wherever books are sold. So if you like to shop from like Books a Million or um, Barnes and Noble, it's available there as well. 
Um, if you're international, IndieBound, you can get it there. You, uh, Amazon Canada, you can get it there. I am really trying. I would love if anybody purchases Amazon reviews because the more traction it gets, we are trying really hard to get it into Cabela's, Bass Pro, et cetera. And, you know, the better it does, the more apt they are to carry it. I just, I want it to reach more people because cooking with venison has totally changed my life. We absolutely love it. So I, I just want to help more people out. And I think, you know, for 20 bucks, it can really do a lot for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I'll t- I'm going to tell you one thing. It, uh, I mean, you know, again, being, being in the hunting world and being around hunters all the time, everybody has their opinions about, you know, oh, let me make you my special whatever that I do with my deer. Right. But, I mean, the things that you talked about and some of those photos that you flipped through, I am definitely getting my hands on this thing, and I'm going to be making some we'll of that stuff. Coffee. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, you don't have to do. I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go on Amazon and buy one, man. I'm gonna support you. Twenty dollars, you know, you. we're supporting your, your fledgling career here <laughs> as an outdoor chef. And you know, Scott Laysath, better watch out. You know, you'll be having your own Sportsman Channel show here before long. Well, we might be joining Scott, so we'll see. <laughs> Is that right? Do you know Scott? He's a great guy. He's awesome. He has been really kind to myself. I won't say too much more, but. Yeah, yeah, he's been really, really kind, awesome guy. That's what I love about the outdoor industry. It just seems like every, it's a big community, you know, everybody's just trying to support each other, so pretty Absolutely. cool. Absolutely. <laughs> well, one thing I am serious about is let's do, you know, let's do some more collaboration with Peterson's Belonging yeah. because, you know, one thing that we haven't done enough of, and I, you know, it's my fault, right, because ultimately, you know, whatever goes in the magazine is is, is my either credit or or my problem we haven't done enough really with the cooking side of things and and we ought to do more and this is the time of the year you know so maybe we can yeah um, figure something out uh, share a couple of these recipes or, or what you know yeah. to help help maybe promote the book and uh, I'm glad Absolutely. we made the connection you know it's it's I a small too. world yeah it's a small world and it's it always is. It is. It's, it's always good to to meet you know you know it's a funny thing about Pennsylvania because well, you're from here originally. I'm not from here originally, but I yeah. ended up here. And it is amazing to me as I travel throughout the country. It's like, I don't think there's anything in the hunting world that's more than two degrees of separation from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Everything always comes back. It's saturated, to, to, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah, when, yeah. I, when I go away uh, to other states, you know, and I tell people, um, you know, the great thing about Pennsylvania is that there's a million hunters. And the awful thing about Pennsylvania is that there's a million hunters. There's a million hunters, yeah. And that's why, you know, most outfitters around the country will tell you that the biggest portion of their clientele comes from Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I, and I always say, well, that's because we love to hunt, but we're starved for a truly world-class experience because it's hard to get exactly. that when you're up you know, rubbing elbows with elbow to with, elbow yeah, with exactly. hunters on all sides. You gotta get in there. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. On, you know, so it's a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I really feel you know an affinity for the Pennsylvania hunting culture, and I say this, you know, not not to be corny at all. It's the truth. I never would be where I am today if not for this incredible community of hunters and sportsmen that we have in yeah. Pennsylvania. Um, and so we produce we produce a lot of passion for the outdoors, and then we we're like. Um, 
Ah, to draw an, a religious analogy, you know, we're, we send out the the evangelists from here because yes. it's like, here we get them into it, and they're like, yeah, there's too many hunters here, man. I'm moving to Colorado, yeah, I'm moving to Montana, yeah. and we're, we're out. out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. man. We love Wyoming. That's where we honeymoon. It's awesome. Yeah, what part? <laughs> Jackson Hole. Okay. It was it was pretty cool, and then we did we were we did go up to Montana because we were there in May, and the I think it was the eat what is it. The west entrance, Yellowstone was the only one that was open. So we went over there. We didn't get enough time. You know, you need like weeks and weeks. Oh, um, absolutely. There's never never enough time. (laughs) Never enough time. So so, uh, as we wrap things up, give people uh, a heads up on where they can connect with you. Yeah, yes. Well, like you said earlier, uh, my handle and my website, it is called Miss Allie's Kitchen. I am really active over on Instagram, so you can find me. It's actually Miss Kitchen over there. Um, my website is www.missalliskitchen.com. I have a ton of venison resources, links to my cookbook, freebie downloads there for anybody that is interested in hunting. Um, lots of stuff for you there. I am on Facebook at Miss Allie's Kitchen. Um, and then I'm building out a YouTube. So if you're a big um, video watcher for learning, um, you can find me on Miss Allie's Kitchen. Just a little plug, if you do decide to buy venison every day, um, if you send me an email or a direct message on Instagram with your email, I do um, private virtual cooking classes. So right here in the kitchen, just my husband, Jared, and I. Sometimes Madison's here. Sometimes our dog, our little black lab, Sadie, is here. So it's just kind of like having dinner with the Dorrance and we cook and it's really fun. Um, so that's how you can reach me. But, you know, if you guys message me, I respond to everybody and I love to chat. So that's where you can find me. But I oh, really that's... appreciate you having me on, Christian. This has been so fun. Yeah, I love that... connecting, especially because we're so close to each other. It's been great. Yeah. yeah, that is awesome. And I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm like, all right, guys. So Allie has already done her part and she's got venison every day and it's ready there for you. Uh, All we now have to do, I've got to do my part and all of our listeners and watchers, get out there, fill those tags, fill that freezer, and then get that copy of of the cookbook and you are going to be in for an entire uh, winter of really good eats, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yep. save some for the summer because there's warmer other recipes too. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much, Allie. I really oh, did enjoy you. it. And something tells me it's not the last time that we'll be talking. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, the official podcast of hardcore bowhunters. Pick up the latest issue of Peterson's Bowhunting on your local newsstand or check us out on the web at bowhuntingmag.com.